0: So I know what we talk a lot about advocating for ourselves on this podcast, so I just wanted to share that one way I was able to simply do so was just by switching my prenatal from a folic acid-based prenatal to a folate prenatal which helps if you have MTHFR gene mutation. I have no idea if I had that as my doctor was not willing to test me for it, unfortunately, which I have heard from a lot of you guys that that is a commonality. I don't know why, but it is a simple step that we can take on our own. So one that I highly recommend is Fairhaven Health's prenatal and I will go ahead and link it it's called the peapod prenatal it is super affordable it's linked in the description of this episode and if you use the code lam l-a-m it should give you 10% off big thank you for everyone who does use the link as it does help support the life after miscarriage show so let's get into today's episode Hello, everyone. We have Hillary Weiss on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her and her journey, Hillary. I am just going to toss it at you, start wherever you'd like.
1: All right. First, um, thanks for having me. My name's Hillary. I'm 33, and I live in Northern Nevada. Um, I've listened to more episodes of this in the past couple weeks than I can count. So, super grateful for you having me. Um, My story is a little bit different than most that I've listened to. Um, I'm single and I decided that I wanted to have a baby by myself, Um, and if, you know, there's one thing that I've known in life that's that I needed to be a mom, Um, I might have chosen an unconventional route that people don't sometimes understand, Um, but I've never wanted anything more, so I decided to go for it. Um, I was open initially about the whole process with my immediate family, some close friends, um, so they kind of knew what was going on, um, what I had planned to do. Um, my OBGYN was also super involved and supportive, which has been great. So right away, um, she referred me to a fertility clinic. Um, my initial appointment was January 2nd of 2020. I went in and did a whole bunch of labs. Um, they did a bunch of testing and ultrasound, and I was ultimately diagnosed with PCOS. It had already been suspected, so they just confirmed that. Um, It was kind of beneficial because I was able to address ovulation issues right away um, and start with medications, which was a benefit of going straight to a fertility clinic. I didn't have to spend a year trying before um, I was referred, so that saved me some time. Um, They were just kind of aware of everything right off the bat, able to treat ovulation um, problems from my first IUI attempt. So at that point, we decided that the best route would be uh, medicated IUIs. So I picked a donor, which was an interesting experience. Um, it didn't fully hit me until I was pregnant that I was going to have a baby with a complete stranger, which was kind of crazy to think about. Um, so my typical IUI was to do a baseline ultrasound early in my cycle. And then I would do five days of Clomid. Um, I would monitor from home with ovulation tests, and then they would schedule a follow-up ultrasound um, between like day 14 and 16 of my cycle. If everything looked good at that, they would do a trigger shot that day and the IUI the next day. Um, If, you know, things weren't ready at that point, they would continue monitoring um, and then go from there. The actual IUI process is, I mean, I guess the most similar to like an OB appointment. It's pretty quick and easy. Um, They use a catheter, it takes like five minutes um, and then you're done. After that, I would take progesterone um and then they would do a blood test two weeks later. My cycles almost never went according to their plan, um, but they were always super great about shifting and kind of doing whatever they needed to do to keep things moving forward. I went into this process completely optimistic. Um, it wasn't a matter of you know, if it was going to go well, but when it did go well, my hopes were nothing but up. Um, and I was just you know excited to start things. They told me at my initial appointment that typically IUI works within three cycles. Um, So I had that in mind and we started. My first round ended up starting late February, just based on kind of when my cycles had started. Um, So they did a baseline ultrasound that looked good. I took one Clomid pill a day for five days. Um, At the follow up ultrasound, there was a follicle, it was still a little bit small. So we gave it a little more time. We did a couple more ultrasounds over the next like week or two. Um, And then it ended up getting to the right size. So we did the IUI. My first IUI was March 13th of 2020. It went well. It was super easy. Um, The following Monday, that was a Friday. And so the following Monday, we went into a mandatory shutdown. So everything was closed. um, I was working from home. And basically, I was stuck at home by myself with myself for two weeks just waiting to find out if everything had worked. Um, I'm also a little different than most of the stories that I hear because I refuse to let myself take a pregnancy test. Um, I wait for them to call and tell me. I guess I've always figured that it's not negative until that point, and so I put it off to the last possible moment. Um, They did call, and they said that it was negative. At that point, um, due to COVID, they had to pause kind of anything moving forward. They were able to like continue if you were mid-cycle, but they weren't able to start anything new. So that put a pause on everything. Um, In July, early July 2020, I was able to go back and start my second round. I went in for the baseline ultrasound, and unfortunately, I had a really large cyst. So we had to cancel that round um, and wait for that to kind of resolve. And then from July until October, I ran into probably any problem that I could have um, that prevented the second IUI from happening. They ran all kinds of tests. They did a bunch of blood work um, to try to figure out what was going on. They tried different medications. They did a whole, a whole bunch of ultrasounds. Um, I wasn't having regular cycles. So I was on medication for that. Basically, it was a mess. And like, if it could have happened, it did. So we spent months trying to figure out what was going on in order to get to the next steps. Um, I was ultimately prescribed metformin at 2000 milligrams a day to treat PCOS and then things finally started kind of leveling out. Um, By October was my next baseline ultrasound that finally looked good and things started moving forward. Um, I started Clomid again. This time instead of one Clomid pill per day, they had me taking two. Um, and then two weeks later, they saw a follicle. Again, it was small. Um, so they added um, follicin shots for a few days. I think I did like four days of that. Um, and then kind of kept monitoring. And finally, things were good to go. So between COVID and all of the troubles that I'd run into, it had been almost eight months between my first IUI and the second. So my second IUI was Friday, November 6th. Um, Again, it went well. And again, I waited for their call. I didn't test, I just, you know, waited um, the two weeks. And they called on the 20th of November. And again, it was negative. Um, Luckily that time, my cycle returned right away. Um, It started the next day. So I was in for a baseline ultrasound that following Tuesday. It was the 24th. um, So we were there to start my third attempt, which also was my 33rd birthday. Um, they had told me that there was a chance that I would have a cyst just based on kind of all of the medication that I had to take around before, but to my surprise, it was clear. It looked good. Um, so I started Clomid again. This time it was a triple dose. So I was taking three Clomid pills a day for five days. And I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this have taken Clomid and know how terrible it is, but I'm not joking when I tell you that I had a hard time being around myself. Um, it was quite an experience and I'm dreading having to do it again. Um, December 7th, I went in for a follow-up ultrasound and everything looked great. This time there were two follicles that were both mature, which had never happened before. There had always only been one. Um, and this was the first round that had gone according to their plan. So I was super excited about that. You know, we kind of finally had figured out. What worked and got to the point of, you know, um, things going really well, a few appointments in a row. We did the trigger shot that day um, and then scheduled the IUI for the next day. And so that third one was December 8th. Again, it went well. Again, I waited the two weeks. I didn't test. And on December 22nd, I went in for my blood test and they called with a positive result. I was shocked, um, I cried. It was the best phone call of my life. In that instant, you know, I knew that my life was changing forever and I was a mom. Um, I immediately called my mom, she didn't answer. So I'm pacing around my kitchen and my living room crying. Um, I tried calling her for like 30 minutes and she wasn't answering. So during that time, I took my one pregnancy test. I had to make sure like, okay, make sure you know they called the right person. And it was positive. Um, and then finally 30 minutes later, my mom answers her phone. She'd been at the mall and didn't have service. And so, you know, she answered and I said, you know, you're supposed to answer the phone the first time I call when I'm telling you, you're going to be a grandma again. And she cried and she was really excited. Um, at that point I called a few family and friends just because they had already known, um, Kind of everything that was happening. They knew when the appointments were um, and that I was expecting results that day. So they were all super excited. I remember making a few jokes saying, you know, I'm going to have twins. There was two follicles. You just watch. There's going to be two babies. Um, I was just super excited and I was thrilled to be expecting. They scheduled my second HCG for December 24th. Um, and they told me that I wouldn't have results until the following Monday just because of Christmas and all of that, and they were closed for the weekend, um, which was fine. I mean, it was a long wait, but you know, it worked out well. Um, they called that Monday, said that everything looked good. Um, my numbers weren't quite doubling, which they expected. It was going up by like 88% every 48 hours, so they weren't concerned. Um, they did schedule a third HCG that next day, just to kind of make sure that things were still looking good. And again, they doubled at that same 88% every 48 hours. Um, So they said it looked good. I talked to my OBGYN, um, kind of kept her updated on the numbers, and she agreed that everything seemed good. Um, I started getting morning sickness, um, food aversions. I couldn't eat any kind of meat at all. I was super tired. Um, So kind of all of that started kicking in pretty early. They scheduled, after my third HCG, they scheduled an ultrasound uh, for two weeks later, which was mid-January of 2021, and that was with a nurse practitioner at the fertility clinic. Um, So I went in for that, and the ultrasound showed a couple of things. First, I was right. There were two babies. I was expecting twins, and I was super excited about it. Um, and then the second thing that I learned um, was that they were measuring smaller than they expected. She said that they were, uh, <coughs> sorry, they were definitely in my uterus. Um, both were measuring the same size, but based on ovulation, because we had done IUI, they knew exactly kind of when everything happened, that um, they did seem a little bit small. Um, she said that it could have been late implantation or, you know, a number of other things, um, And I asked, you know, how worried should I be? And she said to be cautiously optimistic. Um, They scheduled an ultrasound for the following week. It was a super stressful week. Um, I called and I had talked to my OBGYN and just said, you know, this is what they told me, what do you think? And she wasn't very concerned. She said that she thought it was late implantation, just said, focus on the positives. Um, But you know, as of today, things are good. So just continue thinking that they're good. And um, with twins, I knew that this would very likely be my only pregnancy. So I just wanted to kind of embrace every day and every experience, um, and just enjoy it all. So I did that as best I could, um, even during that stressful week of, you know, kind of not knowing exactly what was going on. I called and told my family and friends that there were two babies. Um, they thought it was crazy that I wasn't freaking out, but I was nothing but excited. I also have um, two sister-in-laws, and they were both expecting as well. One due in April, one due in May, and then I was going to be due in August with two. So there was going to be all the babies. My second ultrasound was January 20th. Um, This time it was with the doctor, and my mom came to that appointment with me, I guess just, you know, in case things didn't go well, that I wasn't there by myself. I was super nervous for that appointment. Um, I don't think I slept at all the night before. And so we got there, went into the room, and right away I could tell that things were going well. Um, The ultrasound looked great. It showed growth in both babies. Um, They were measuring a week further than they had at the previous ultrasound. We were able to see a fetal pull and a heart rate, or a, a heartbeat on baby A. We couldn't hear it, but you could kind of see like the flickering of it. You couldn't see it on baby B, but there was a fetal pole, a yolk sac. They were both measuring the same. Um, he just said, you know, it could be like placement or just kind of harder to see. Um, it was the best feeling ever. I think the only thing that had ever compared to that moment was hearing that I was pregnant a few weeks before. And the it was twice as exciting. Um, so he left and things were good. They have at the office, I go to this like U-shaped desk and I was on the far side um, and you have to kind of walk all the way around in order to leave. So there was a bunch of people that were working, um, kind of standing around there and, you know, they had all heard that things went well. And so it was all these, you know, happy faces as I'm leaving. um, And there's one nurse, her name's Rayanne, that I see probably 90% of the appointments that I go to. Um, She had made, you know, the previous year of all these ups and downs super easy to handle, just kept me optimistic and moving forward, even, you know, when things weren't going well. Um, And, you know, everyone there is super great, um, but I really trust her and she's been helpful and supportive for all of this. She had done the whole last um, IUI process, the one that was successful. So she had done the ultrasounds and the trigger shot and she did the actual IUI. So she was standing, you know, with them and working. And as I was leaving, she just said congratulations and how excited she was. Um, And that was super reassuring and it made it just seem even more real. And I was excited to have these two babies. Um, After she congratulated me, I remember thinking that I had it all, you know, I had everything I ever wanted. Um, They scheduled another ultrasound for eight days later just to continue monitoring. Um, I know some of it was routine just because it was through the fertility clinic and they like to see at certain um, time frames. And so I figured, you know, that's what that was for. Um, and that next week was just pure joy. Um, I started, you know, trying to figure out, I had prepped myself for one baby and now I'm like, you know, trying to figure out where I'm going to put two, I had to have double of everything. So I start, you know, planning out a bedroom and very type A. Um, So, you know, I'm a planner and just, you know, kind of envisioning how things were going to be. I knew what their names were going to be. I had bought clothes and other, you know, books and little things over the past year of these fertility treatments. You know, if I had an appointment that went well, I'd go pick up something small. Um, And so now these weren't just items that I had, they had an actual use. Um, My symptoms continued still tired. Um, I couldn't even be in the same room as anyone eating any kind of meat. Things were good. I was excited about it. I loved every minute of those next eight days between the ultrasounds. On January 28th, I went for the third ultrasound, and I was beyond optimistic. I was just there to check in. I hadn't ever felt better or happier about being there. As I was sitting in the waiting room, um, I remember thinking that, you know, this is the feeling I've been waiting for through all these appointments and all the times that I had been there. Um, the ultrasound started. I saw both babies and I immediately knew there was a problem. Everything looked the same. Like, I can't read ultrasounds, but I knew enough to know that things had not changed from the week before and that they should have. Um, so the doctor started measuring and then I heard the words that forever broke my heart. He was looking at baby A which is the one that we had seen the flicker of a heartbeat the week before. And he just said, you know, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. And I started crying. And then again, he said, you know, looking at baby B, I'm sorry, there is no heartbeat. Um, And I was crushed. I was devastated. I was crying. Um, And to be honest, having a miscarriage had never crossed my mind. I hadn't had a single symptom. I had never thought that it was going to happen to me. And there it was happening. Um, he told me how sorry he was and that I hadn't done anything wrong. He was super kind and considerate. Um, I couldn't have asked for him to be any better than he was in that moment. The next few minutes are a blur. I don't exactly know what happened. Um, or, you know, kind of recall what had gone on. He asked if I needed any time, um, before he kind of talked about next steps. And I said it was fine to continue. Um, But I couldn't listen to what he said. I couldn't think straight. Uh, All I could think was, you know, five minutes ago, I had two babies, and now I have zero. And it was terrible. Um, I don't know how long he was talking. I kind of heard some basic information about options, but I couldn't really process anything that he was saying. He said, you know, take as much time as you need before you go. Um, And again, said that he was sorry. And um, then he left and so I was in the room by myself and I just broke down. I started crying even more than I had been. Um, you know, I just lost the two best things I ever had. I loved them. I wanted them more than I've ever wanted anything and I knew that they were gone, but physically they were still with me, which was really difficult. Um, I pulled myself together enough to leave or at least, you know, walk out the doors. Um, And I was in the same room that I had been in the week before. So I'm on the far side of this U-shaped hallway and I've got to walk past all these faces again. And, you know, the week before it was all these happy smiles and this time everyone, you know, they knew what had just happened and what I had just been told and they felt terrible. So instead of these happy smiling faces, it was, you know, sad faces and I'm trying not to make eye contact and just get out of there as quickly as I could. Um, they told me not to worry about checking out and to just go and let them know if I needed anything or had any questions. I had gone from the very highest high to the lowest low in a matter of minutes. I didn't know how to process what was happening or what to do. Um, I got to my car and I called my mom. I don't know what I said. I was crying. I somehow explained, you know, that I was losing both babies. Um, I was a wreck it probably didn't make a lot of sense but she got the message um, it was a short conversation I just couldn't really find words or you know I didn't know what to say um, I then called my OBGYN she knew that I was going in for that appointment um, and again attempted to kind of explain what had gone on um, she just said you know go home I'll call you in a few hours we'll kind of discuss things and um, but just said you know go home so I did I've lived in the same city my entire life. Um, and I have no idea how I got home. I was on roads. I've never seen before. Um, but eventually, you know, I was headed the right direction. I, I made it there at some point. Um, when I got home, I texted my boss who said that I was not going to be at work that day. Um, she was also aware of the fertility treatments and kind of everything going on just because I had to kind of adjust my schedule in order to go to appointments. Um, And so I didn't go to work that day. And then, as I got home, instead of sending a picture of this ultrasound um, that I thought I was going to have, I was sending a text telling people that I was losing both babies. Um, I cried in my bed for hours. Um, I didn't look at my phone. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to think about anything other than, you know, nothing, basically. Um, But then at some point, you know, I needed. I knew that I needed some sort of plan or an idea of what was happening. Um, I couldn't focus at the appointment, but I did need to know, you know, what was going to happen next or what exactly my options were. Um, I'm doing this by myself. And so sometimes, you know, even at the worst moments I have to think real rationally and, you know, plan things out and just know what's happening next. Um, I knew that I wouldn't make it through a phone call. So I emailed Rayanne, the nurse, um, And just said, you know, I don't know what happened at that appointment other than I'm losing both of them. Um, And just asked her to kind of go through next steps and all of that. She emailed me back right away. um, Just said that, you know, she was super sorry about what had happened. And she sent me information about options. She said I could do a DNC or I could wait and miscarry naturally. She just said, you know, whichever option I wanted to do was fine So let her know if I needed anything and that she would have um, a surgery scheduler call to explain further details if I wanted to do a DMC. At some point that day, I had also talked to my sister-in-law. Um, she is expecting currently um, but she's had three previous miscarriages. And so I just said, you know, what option is the best? She had two that were natural and one DMC and she just said you know if i was in your position i would do a DMC. so that was my plan um, i called my insurance company and wanted to see you know what the coverage was to try to figure out um, all of that and the woman's first question was is this for an elective an elective abortion so i hung up it's like no no not really want to chat about that. Um, obviously it's not, if she had looked at my chart, you know, you would see that I've had a year of fertility treatments, but so I hung up, um, again, I cried. Um, I had started getting a lot of calls and texts from family and friends. I just didn't have a lot to say at that point. I was still trying to, you know, figure out what was going on exactly. Um, and how I was going to kind of handle everything. A little bit later, the surgery scheduler called, um, she explained options again and coverage. She had called and figured out all of the insurance stuff for me. Um, and she said that my insurance would cover 50% after I reached my deductible, it was January. Um, and so everything had just kind of restarted and I have a $7,700 deductible. So essentially she said it would be out of pocket and it was due, um, up front. I knew at that point that I was going to have to restart all of these fertility treatments which are not cheap um, themselves and so I needed to use whatever money I still had um, to kind of start that process over again. So I decided um, that I would wait and miscarry naturally. It wasn't really what I wanted to do but I felt like you know given all the options that That's what I had to do. Um, I had just, you know, heard the worst news of my life and now I'm having to pick my next move based on money, which was really frustrating. Um, my OBGYN called that night and she again said, you know, I hadn't done anything wrong. She asked what I had decided, um, and I told her that I was gonna wait um and miscarry naturally. She kind of talked about what to expect, um, you know, said it could take some time and um, to go from there they had me go in the next day to have my HCG tested. Um, and I was at 22,000. So that next weekend, that was a Friday. Um, that next weekend was really rough. Um, I think I probably cried the whole weekend. Um, I stayed home by myself and just kind of dreaded knowing what was going to happen. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was devastated, just constantly worrying about, you know, when is this going to happen and how bad is it going to be? And, um, so that was pretty rough. On Tuesday, the fertility clinic called um, to check in and see you know, if anything had started or anything and it hadn't. So they scheduled me an appointment for that Friday to discuss kind of options um, and then to also make a plan moving forward as far as fertility treatments went. The doctor that I see um, works at a few offices in other states. And so he's only in town like one week per month and he was in town that week. Um, So he just wanted to meet and kind of figure things out. They do have a second doctor that I also see, um, but he's kind of the primary one. And so he just wanted to have a plan. And then I prepared for this miscarriage to happen. I had towels in my car, I had a change of clothes. I was super stressed and anxious about like when and where things would happen. I didn't want it to happen while I was at work, but you know, you can't really control that. Um, and I'm not typically a high stress person. I never have anxiety. Um, and so this was all those new feelings of, you know, dread and fear. And, um, that was really tough. I didn't have any control, which was a terrible feeling emotionally. I was a mess. Um, so it was a super rough week, just, you know, waiting to lose these babies essentially. Um, you know, at that point you're pregnant, but you're also not going to have a baby, which is a terrible feeling. Um, so I made it through that week at work without anything happening. Um, Friday I went into my appointment and I was sitting in the waiting room and, you know, the week before I, it was like the best feeling ever sitting there. Um, and then this time it was the complete opposite. Um, And it was just crazy, you know, how different it could be from one week to the next. Um, The doctor was super nice. He just said, again, you know, it wasn't anything I had done, That sometimes these things just happen. Um, He said it was most likely a chromosomal abnormality. And he said that with twins, it's common that if one has a chromosomal abnormality, that it kind of takes the other one out with it. Um, he said that I could do genetic testing if I wanted, but again, it wouldn't be covered by insurance. Um, and then he did talk about some positives. He said, you know, there were two babies in there, which was great. And he didn't expect that, so he said that you know there was no reason to believe that future IUIs wouldn't be successful. Um, and then at that point, he also discussed either moving forward and continuing continuing with IUI or moving to IVF. He said he was on board with whichever route i wanted to take um and to just kind of let him know what i wanted to do um and then as far as the miscarriage went he said i could continue waiting um but at that point it had been a while um so he said i could also take the medication to induce a miscarriage um i decided to take the medication just because at that point i wanted to have some sort of control um i didn't want to you know wait and just let it happen when it happened um i wanted to be able to I guess control a little bit of what was going on. Um, So he prescribed that. He also prescribed a painkiller and he spent a lot of time telling me what to expect. Um, He said it was going to be really difficult. And he said, you know, not that he had experience himself with having a period, but that he had heard it's not at all like a heavy period. Um, He said to expect a lot of cramping and bleeding and what to expect when actually passing um, the babies. I appreciated having some idea of what to expect, but I definitely still was not prepared. Um, he told me, you know, stay ahead with the painkillers so things aren't any worse than they need to be. Um, he gave me the, like, emergency nurse number for their office, said to call, you know, if things got too intense, and they would do whatever they could. Um, and so, again, you know, I left and walked through this little U-shaped Um, hallway of sad eyes as I was leaving again. Um, I did talk to my OBGYN again that day. She just wanted to know kind of, you know, what, how things were going, what I was going to do. I told her I was going to take the medication. She said, you know, it's going to be really bad. Um, You're going to feel like you need to go to the ER if it comes to that point to call her. She didn't care what time it was. Um, And that, you know, she would come and see and, you know, if I needed help or whatever. If I just needed somebody to be there, she would come, um, and just, you know, to keep her informed. So the next day, Saturday, February 6th, um, was the worst day of my life. I went to work in the morning, um, but I was home early and I took the medication at like 1130 in the morning. And that was a lot harder than I expected it to be. Um, you know, I guess emotionally, Knowing I was taking these pills, knowing that obviously, you know, both babies were gone, but it didn't make it any easier to take this medication that was going to finalize that. Um, So that was really difficult. Um, And then, you know, as emotional as I was, I knew that I also had to be rational and I had to have a plan. Um, So I started keeping notes in my phone of, you know, when I was taking pain pills, what was going on physically and all of that. Um, just in the event that I had to go to the ER or anything, you know, they would have some idea of what had happened previously. Um, I also decided to set up a bed sort of bed in my living room. I have this little like two inch thick mattress pad thing I Figure Last thing I want to do is ruin my actual mattress and then have to buy that. And, you know, I just didn't want to, ruin anything or I don't know. So I set up this very uncomfortable bed in my living room, um, had towels out and I just, you know, sat there and waited as I'm watching reruns of friends, um, with a heating pad and my pain pills ready. Um, my emotions were off the chart. I think that whole morning until I don't even know how long I just cried and dreaded what was going to happen. Um, the cramping started getting pretty bad around two. So I started taking the pain pills then. Um, and then the bleeding started at two 30 think it probably would have started before that, but I was too afraid to go to the bathroom. So I'd put it off as long as I could. Um, and from two 30 to about nine, the bleeding was steadily increasing. I started passing large clots. I don't like that word, but that's really the only way to describe what it was. Um, and so every time I go to the bathroom, I'm super tense and just fearful of, you know, things continuing to get worse. Um, by nine, the cramping was really bad. It was probably like an eight out of the 10, um, super painful. There was a ton of blood. I was really cold. I was shaking and crying. I had trouble walking. I just felt like I was going to throw up constantly. And I wasn't having contractions. I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, they have these contractions that come and go and then they intensify, which was not what was happening. Um, It was just a constant pain that started a few hours before and just steadily was increasing. It wasn't lessening. It wasn't going away. It was just getting worse. Basically, I was miserable um, and things had at that point greatly intensified. I had gone to the bathroom and I remember seeing myself in the mirror and I was a wreck. Um, I knew at that point that I needed to just ditch the emotions of what was happening to make it through. Um, there were two super clear sides to me. One was emotional, struggling to handle everything that was happening. And the other very type A side was like, you know, this is what I need to do in order to survive what be in all of this. And so I told myself at that point, "So I'm to shut off the emotions. I have to make it through the next few hours. I can get through this now and I can cry later. So that's what I did. Um, at this point it was like a 10 out of 10 cramping. I was considering calling my doctor or going to the ER. Um, it was getting late and I also didn't want anyone to see me in the state that I was in. Um, I was a mess and I just, you know, was like, let's just, you know, figure it out, keep going. At that point, I was in the bathroom every 15 minutes max. There was a ton of bleeding. There was large pieces of everything every time I went to the bathroom. And then at 11, um, it happened. I passed the babies. I wasn't sure that I would know um, kind of when that happened, but it was very clear. Um, There was no question. I knew what was happening, when it was happening. And then knowing that it was going to happen twice. Um, was heartbreaking and terrifying. Um, it was legitimately traumatizing and devastating. Um, the feeling of knowing, kind of what had happened, is something that I think is always going to haunt me. I don't think that I'll ever be the same as I was before that moment. It was the worst experience that I've ever lived through. Um, I couldn't help at that point of crying, and I just remember sitting there thinking, like, "Is this really happening?" Um, That was kind of the worst of it. Things were still relatively bad um, until about two in the morning, um, but it started lessening slightly. I had kept up, you know, with the pain pills and that was helping. I slept for an hour from like three to four um, and then another hour from like five to six. And then the worst of it was over. Um, Again, my OBGYN called in the morning. She just checked in, made sure that, you know, everything was okay. Asked if I needed anything, if I needed her to come by. but I felt like, you know, things had lessened. Um, and so I was fine Sunday and Monday. I still had a lot of bleeding and cramping. Um, I stayed on my little makeshift bed with my heating pad and continued with the pain medication, just kind of kept up with everything. Um, I had family and friends who were reaching out, um, you know, they had sent flowers and cards and, all kinds of things. Um, but I needed just to be alone to process everything. It was a lot and I just needed space. So that's what I did. Um, Tuesday and Wednesday, I called in sick to work. Um, and I stayed home, just kind of took it easy. And I did talk to a couple people kind of about what had happened, but I was still a mess of emotions um, they had me go in on Tuesday to have my HCG tested, and it had gone from 22,000 to 1,500. So it was dropping relatively quickly. Um, I didn't do the genetic testing just due to the cost. Um, I do wish that I would have known, you know, what happened if there was a chromosomal abnormality and, you know, kind of what it was. And I also wish that I knew, you know, there were boys or girls or one of each, but. I'll never know um, that answer in my mind. They were always girls, um, but I'll never know for sure. So on Wednesday, I decided to share what had happened on Facebook and Instagram. Most of these people had no reason to think I was trying for a baby. Um, and here I was sharing that I had lost two. I just didn't want to hide everything um, or hold it in anymore. I wanted people to know that I was open to talking about it. But I wasn't ashamed about what had happened. Um, I also didn't want my babies to be a secret. They were important and they mattered and I felt that you know they deserved to be known about, so I shared. Um, that was my best decision. Everyone was super supportive um, and you know this weight was lifted. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better reaction. It was super freeing um, and I'm glad that they did it. Um, part of me wishes that I would have had miscarriage on my radar at some point. So I was prepared for the news that I had gotten, but I'm also grateful um, that I got to experience as much joy and happiness as I did during the time that I was pregnant, because I'm not sure that I'm ever going to have that same feeling again. Um, You know, when I am pregnant again, I don't think it's going to be a stress free, um, which is sad. So I'm glad that I did have, you know, that time where um, things were going well and, um, so I'll always be super grateful for those weeks they were the best weeks of my life um, the next day about Thursday I returned to work I wasn't ready um, but I survived the bleeding continued um, for two weeks after which was a constant reminder of everything that I had lost um, It's been now three weeks today since the physical miscarriage took place and I'm still tense every time I go to the bathroom I I think I might have like PTSD or something. It's still, I mean, terrible every time. Um, and I definitely cried every day. Um, I mean, I'm getting through it and this is a sadness unlike anything I've ever experienced. I'm still devastated. I can't believe, um, that it happened, but I'm also not going to let it keep me from continuing. So that brings me to this week. Um, the bleeding stopped last Saturday, so it lasted two full weeks, um, which also made me really emotional. It just kind of, when it did stop, it made everything final. Um, and at that point, you know, I knew they were really gone. Um, and then, so this past Monday, I had my HCG tested again. It was at 18. Um, the following day, I had an ultrasound just to make sure everything had passed. Um, that was at the fertility clinic, and they said everything looked good. I think I really would have lost it if I had gone through all of that, and They said I still had to have a DNC. Um, so I was glad that that went well. And then moving forward, um, my plan is to start IUI again. I just repurchased donor sperm yesterday. Um, and so they'll check my HCG one more time on Monday, and then I'll be cleared um, to start IUI when my next cycle starts. Unfortunately, IVF is not financially an option, um, but I am optimistic about continuing with IUI. So that's my plan.
0: Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing your story. I think that it's so cool that you're kind of taking a different path and doing this on your own. But how was that in like the grieving process? Um, I mean... I think for me personally, it was better that I was by myself. Yeah. Um, I
1: didn't want, I guess, I don't know, I guess I didn't want to be super vulnerable in front of other people. And I knew that I just needed time to kind of get through things by myself and figure it out, you know, how I needed to. And so not having to explain how I was feeling or why I was crying or, you know, that was, that was good for me. I'm sure it would have also been
0: beneficial to have someone around. um, But. No offense to my husband, but I think that I would have done that <laughs> by myself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, if somebody wants to reach out to you,
1: Hillary, where could they do so? Um, either Instagram or Facebook. I'm on both.
0: Um, I think my Instagram is
1: just Hillary and then
0: underscore Weiss. Yeah, it is. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll link that too in the description. Perfect. Okay episode so thank you so much Hillary for doing this I appreciate it this is still super fresh for you and good luck on your next IUI you'll have to thank you yeah I will all right we'll talk soon all right thank you for having me Thank you so much for listening. If you want to share your life after miscarriage story, go to ShellyMetling.com. Click on the life after miscarriage tab and add yourself right to the recording schedule. And I can't wait to chat with you soon. Next one.